Welcome to some bonus content for StreamYard Connect. I'm Ross Brand. Joining me is my good friend Roberto Blake. We've got some exciting news as StreamYard continues to add some, some really high-quality creators from YouTube. And wanted to welcome Roberto Blake and introduce him to the StreamYard community. Of course, most of you probably know him already. But Roberto, it's great to have you on the, the StreamYard team and to chat with you here uh, for a few minutes today. Yeah, no, happy to be here, Ross. I mean, what are we doing? Are we calling ourselves Yard Gang? Are we, are we Yard Gang now? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> we might be the Yard Gang. Yeah, the Yard. The Yard. Hashtag the Yard. Yeah, um, Yard is. <laughs> tell us a little bit about what brought you to StreamYard, um, how you've been using the, the product, and, and what you like about live streaming with StreamYard. Well, you know me, Ross. I'm an early adopter of anything. Like everything, I'm an early adopter. I grab it. I get it. I see it. I want it. I got it. You know, and uh, same thing with StreamYard. One of the things that I love using it for is we use it in my business, Awesome Creator Academy, for my coaching group. We do live Q&As. We do micro channel reviews with it. Uh, you've seen on my YouTube channel that I've moved to using it for my YouTube live streams. Uh, I think it's a little different than Wirecast, which can be a little, I love Wirecast and um, what, you know, Telestream and the team does there, but I think it's just so advanced and it's so inaccessible for most people. And I want something easy where I could bring in friends like you or where I could just bring stuff really quickly and easily onto the stream. And StreamYard is like probably the most stable thing I've used, I like the multi-streaming features. I love that we can, I can put it up on uh, my Facebook at the same time when I'm doing my YouTube live training right. events. And just it's just the best, to be honest with you, in terms of accessibility, stability, speed, and feature set for me personally. That's, right, so, that's right. Why I use and it. we're in a culture in which it's quick time to market wins, right? News breaks. You want to do a video on that. You you have the opportunity to bring a guest on. You want to get them to a webcam and a computer and send them a link. Nothing to download. No screen uh, grab. No routing the audio. It's all set to go, and it works regardless of whether they have uh, professional equipment or whether they're you know, kind of making do with a built-in laptop and, uh, you know, a a budget microphone. I needed something easy for my guests that are non-tech savvy. I needed something easy for small YouTubers that wouldn't require them to have anything on their end. I needed... I needed something to just work. <laughs> and right. uh, StreamYard is one of the best things I've seen come out since uh, you remember the good old Blab days when we right. met. Like, right, right. I think that um, without having to be a social media platform, StreamYard accommodates that for any platform and lets us get that Blab community coffee shop feel back on right. any platform that we're participating in. And that was the attractive thing for me and the fact that it just works with all the other platforms so I didn't need a specialized tool for everything. Um, I got my Swiss Army knife and the thing is I just wanted stability, I wanted speed, and I wanted it to be accessible and I got those things and so I know that it will continue to be enhanced and so I like that. I mean, uh, I know that I'm not like, I'm not, I didn't come on here to just like, like sing StreamYard's praises. That wasn't my plan, but she just got me kind of going about like, why do I use this again? Oh yeah, here's why. Here's all the things I couldn't find in an alternative. I'm like, yeah. 
Well, here's the other thing. You have all these different strengths, the speed, the time in the market, the ability to get a guest on quickly, nothing to download, built-in green screen functionality, multi-streaming. But here, here's the other thing. With the tools you are given, the backgrounds, the overlays, you as a graphic designer still have basically a blank palette because if you know how to do uh, an overlay, make an alpha graphic that's, you know, transparent, you can pretty much make your broadcast look however you want it to look. As a graphic designer, how do you look at the uh, the different features that you can use in order to make your broadcast have that Roberto Blake look? Well, interestingly, one of the other good things about it, and I'm glad you brought that, is that you also have the ability to toggle between different brand assets. Right. So if you're me and you do a lot of different things, like I have my academy training with the Awesome Creator Academy group. I have my podcast that we're bringing back with guests. I have my um, YouTube live Q&As. I can switch between all these different contexts when I'm doing something different or for a specific platform and just have the branding and the logos and the things that I want in place. And so that's like really cool. And then as a designer, I don't feel like I'm trapped in some cookie cutter thing. And I think for a lot of people, like I'm building out um, for one of my products, the YouTube Starter Kit, I'm gonna be bring, building out more live stream assets for the YouTube Starter Kit that someone could use with like a StreamYard and stuff like that. I'm also getting ready, since we sell that as a bundle, I'm actually working on building a template store in Shopify where people can buy individual assets for things or asset wow. bundles, because I'm gonna start just making live streamer packs and YouTube packs and different things and just, and then other social media stuff. Like I just decide I can sell people the one-off things they want for like you know 10 bucks or something instead of my 99 dollars bundle and i could expand you see what i'm saying so like right. Streamyard was part of what inspired me with that because now i see a lot more people wanting to customize their streams the way they see us doing and that gave me another idea for like a business and so um i'm really excited about that and i love that it just got me playing in photoshop more again <laughs> right 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 you. So, yeah. so Roberto's going to be creating content on the StreamYard YouTube channel. He's going to live stream, probably do some uploaded videos as yeah. well, I would assume. Do you have a, a focus in terms of an area of YouTube? Is it monetization? Is it it's, tech? Um, what are you kind of, what what's motivating you kind of right now that you're really excited about uh, on, creating and sharing with people? On my channel, we're doing a lot of stuff focused around money and monetization because I feel like it's people's big weak point. They think that their weak point is growing their YouTube channel, their audience. I've done a lot of content around that. I'm going to continue to, but we're, do we're doing a massive focus, especially rounding out the end of the year. We're doing a massive focus on money. The world's in a very interesting place right now. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, people are always going to want and need the ability to make more money. And they need a lot of different means of doing that. And for everybody, it's not going to be being a YouTube content creator because um, just the facts is that takes a long time to make sustainable and financially viable. Right. What I find is that there are phases to, to your career as a content creator, not just as a YouTuber, but as a content creator, whether you're doing streaming, YouTube, Twitch, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, whatever it is. And in the early stages, Assuming that like maybe you have a nine to five job that's taking up most of your time, 
a lot of people are like, well, I can't add anything to that and make content. But the thing is, in some cases, you kind of have to. You have to have a freelance side hustle because it's more likely that freelance side hustle is going to make the money that frees you from your nine to five job or your shift work a lot sooner than being a content creator. If you try to do as a content creator, it's going to take three or five years. As a freelancer, in one to two years, you might be able to viably and feel confident that you can make more money for less time than you do with your nine to five job and then transition or maybe even get a better type of job in terms of stability and become a contractor because now, all right, I'm a freelancer, but now I became a contractor. I have retainer clients. So now I got back the stability that nine to five gives with recurring, consistent, fixed income. Because that's people's big gripe, right? Okay. Right. How is um, a contract or being a contractor? It's not really different from a nine to five job, except for one key difference autonomy. So, mm-hmm. being able to secure a contract is the step that I want people to go to if you need recurring, consistent money. And right. as a freelancer, you also have, you are non exclusive. You may not be able to do anything that's in conflict with your primary contract but you're not beholden to only work for that person, which means there's not a cap limit on your earning ability. And they also don't care if you have a personal brand and a side hustle and a this or that. Whereas if you have a nine to five job, they may not want you having another priority. They're restricting and limiting your amount of income. So I'm trying to free people from the restrictions of the limits of how much money they can make, especially creative people, because, um, you know, that's like those restrictions, those shackles are just really something that creative people aren't suited to. And they're just stuck in the mold of a world or an economy that wasn't really built for them. But the good news, Ross, is in the 21st century, the creator economy is alive and well. It's finally right. here and it's finally um, viable and it's being accepted slowly but surely as something to be respected because right. um, people can't argue with the money now. Well, an interesting point you made is that a a lot of people feel like their biggest problem is they need to grow. They can't monetize yet. They're not big enough. They 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 can't get AdSense money. They can't, you know, get ads playing on their channel and so forth. There are so many ways that a person can monetize without making money directly from YouTube, but can still monetize their content on YouTube. Uh, How many subscribers on YouTube or social followers. I I mean, I would think the answer is you could start from one or 10 or what have you as you're creating content. But like Mm -hmm. there are ways talk about for people just starting out, like what should be their focus if they want to start opening the door to monetization right away? They have to think of it differently because they want the story. Here's the problem, Ross. Everyone wants the sexy story. They Mm -hmm. want to be able to say they're making this much money on YouTube AdSense. They want to be able to say they got sponsors and brand deals. Uh, They want to say that people are buying the merch. They want the Mm storyline instead of the bank account. They want the storyline because the reality is if you really wanted to and you have the ability to make YouTube content and you have the ability to make decent YouTube content at all, that means that you have the ability to edit. You have the ability to do some type of SEO. You have some photography or graphic design ability. You probably have access to a camera. If that's all true, then you're useful to people who have money and have budgets. And there's not a good reason that you can't be earning $500 a week, $1,000 a week from somebody who has money to spend regardless of the performance of your own content and your views, 
by giving them value. But right. the thing is, it's not sexy to say I'm a freelance photographer. It's sexy to say I'm a, a successful YouTuber. I'm a full-time YouTuber. People want right. that identity so badly that they're leaving thousands of dollars on the table because they don't want to suck it up and say, well, I work as a video editor and I make corporate commercials. They don't want to make the $5,000 a month and suck it up and pay their rent and know, well, right. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a creator. I'm working in creative services and someone values me enough to pay me up front. I don't have to worry about whether it got views or not. That's their problem. And they don't want to do that. They don't want to take be, they their their dream isn't to be known for that product photography that is helping sell the product and give people jobs and keep a business, a family business afloat. They don't want to be no like because there's no glamour in right. being that there's no glamour in being that the glamour is in being a top tier YouTuber. And so they want clout. When they really, mm -hmm. if you're a beginner, you should be focusing on cash and money is exchanged for value. Right. And there's, if you have the skills and the resources to even make content, then make it for someone who has money. You're like, you're so focused mm -hmm. on making content for an audience who hasn't even said yes to you yet, who hasn't even said thank you yet, who hasn't put a single dollar in your pocket and you're snubbing your nose at someone who might have two, three, five, ten thousand dollars for you that you could be making content for. And, and because this is, you this want is to how be things the worked historically. I mean, I didn't create the radio station. I didn't build their audience. I was paid to go on air live on their station and speak to their audience. Obviously, if something that I did helped grow their audience, that would be a, a bonus. But you would have also gotten paid if you were the producer manning the switches for Absolutely. the talent right the problem with content creators and some people aren't even recognizing that as introverts they might even in weird some ways be happier not being famous mm -hmm. is that they want to be acknowledged and they want the front and center attention instead of just like you know you could just get the paycheck you know you don't have to be the you, you know you don't have to be famous to be successful you know you don't have to be the talent per se you you could just do the work and, and i'm not saying you have to be head down behind the scenes and humble but i'm saying the opportunity exists and right. the thing is if you have the if you make money doing that it's a lot easier to do the next phase because then you're not um taking out a credit card and going thirty thousand dollars into debt to become a youtuber plus you have the skill set for doing the editing and getting your collabs and doing all the different things that you actually need to do besides talking into a microphone and looking into a camera. Let's do a quick, real quick lightning round for people who are trying to grow on YouTube. They're interested or they're just interested in, in, in getting started on YouTube and they're looking at live streaming. What's a few tips about live streaming on YouTube that, you know, might be different than what people think about for other channels in order that their content can be well aligned with what works on, on YouTube. Focus on replay value mm -hmm. and focus on 
making your stream interesting, fun, entertaining, and accessible five minutes at a time. Make it so that every five minutes of the stream could theoretically be its own video and its own piece of content. This is important for a couple of reasons. One, in the future, if you ever want to do a clip show like Joe Rogan, it matters. Mm -hmm. And you get to re basically recycle and repurpose that content. And then for another thing, it also means that if someone isn't tuned in, but they just watch the replay, there's value and a reason to watch the replay and to watch it again and to come back to another section or watch it all the way through or fast forward and so on and so forth. There's shareable moments that make right. it worthwhile for people. You have to create replay value in long form content if you're going to do live streams. If you are just live streaming and you're focused on your experience and like the stream, then you're you're not putting the audience first. And any content you make has to find a way to put the audience first. He's an amazing creator. He also knows all about monetization. Uh, you can find them at robertoblake.com. His YouTube channel is Roberto Blake. Roberto Blake 2. It's the Roberto Blake 2. Yep. And he's joining the StreamYard family, going to be creating content on the StreamYard YouTube channel. Roberto, welcome to StreamYard and look forward to uh, just digging into this great content. This is just a taste for people uh, of what's to come. So many great yes. contributions you will be providing and material that people can learn from you. Support Roberto. Check out everything he's doing online. It's great stuff. Thanks, Roberto. Great talking to you. Yeah, you too, Ross. Take care. Take care, everybody.